Okay, who are you more like? The grumblers over here? When someone who uh, sloughed off during their life makes it into heaven? Or are you more like uh, Max over here who was pretty happy that Sarah made it in? Which one resembles you is the question. Let's hear it for our uh, actors. Why wouldn't we want the best things for our brothers and sisters who may have struggled and been deeply compromised in this life? That would be the perspective of God. So tonight we have uh, before us the question of God's generosity and our response. Not only our response for what we get, but what our neighbor gets. Even our neighbor who doesn't deserve it. (laughs) You you know, uh, any names come to mind uh, for you when you think of who definitely doesn't deserve it? We all do. Let's go back to the story, quickly recap it, and and stay with these questions about the nature of God's grace and our response. Not that you weren't listening carefully as the lesson was read, but of course it's about an owner of a vineyard who goes out early in the morning to find workers for his vineyard. And he agrees with them to be paid one uh, denarius, to work in his vineyard the whole day. A few hours later at uh, 9 a.m., he goes out and finds uh, more workers and does so again at noon and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And for all of them, he simply assures them, I'll pay you whatever is fair, and they trust the owner of the vineyard. And then finally, his last uh, round that he makes, and for all of these, it's described as he finds those who are idle in the marketplace. So obviously, they don't have employment. Five o'clock in the afternoon, he finds some more who are idle in the marketplace. And he asks them, why are you not working? And they simply say, no one has asked us to work. And he says, well, you can work for me. Go to my vineyard and work. And they don't even ask what they're going to be paid. They just go. They're just glad not to be idle anymore. Eventually, it's time to uh, pay everyone for their day's work or their part of a day, and so the landowner has the manager go and pay everyone, beginning with those who came on board last and worked the least. They're paid first. Funny, you might think it's the other way around. So they pay those who started working at 5 o'clock, and they maybe only worked a couple hours, Uh, We don't know exactly. And they pay them each one denarius, which is a full day's wage. It's a fair wage for one full day of work. They got the full deal. And everyone, it turns out, was paid one denarius. Those who were paid last are those who started working first, who worked the full day. And, of course, their response was, Hey, what do you mean paying 
paying me a denarius when you paid those guys who hardly worked at all. You paid them the same as you paid me, and we bore the brunt of the, 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 the heat of the day, and we were here all day, and we get paid the same. What's up with that? Yeah, this is not, this is not fair. And, of course, the landowner reminded them rather uh, quickly, uh, did we not agree on one denarius? This is what I'm paying you, exactly what we agreed. And it is, uh, it's my prerogative to pay the others whatever I want. I'm the owner. Are you envious of my generosity? For the last will be first, and the first will be last. What in the world does that mean? Okay, that's basically a retelling of the, the parable. What do we make of such a story? Uh, one thing we do not make of this is, um, if you're an employer, this is not a lesson in how to, <laughs> how to pay your employees. Um, do not, uh, I do not recommend uh, paying someone uh, who worked an hour the same uh, what you'd pay someone who worked 10 hours. Um, it's not fair, and we can safely say as Christians, that's not the right thing to do. This is not a lesson in economics or the classroom or how to run a, a sports team. Uh, not so. This parable is about something different, as parables always are. Parables are about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is like. This is how parables begin. Parables intend to tell us, and Jesus always told them, parables intend to tell us about something about the character of God and how God relates to us. And sometimes parables are really difficult to understand and they really seem strange and they say things like the last will be first and the first last where it's just upside down. That's not the way we operate in this world. And that's for a reason. Parables are intended to disrupt our thinking and our spirits a little bit. Maybe even cause a reaction because in that disruption there's room for the Holy Spirit to enter and to reframe our understanding of who God is and how God relates to us. Okay. What do we take away from this? First of all, indeed, the landowner is symbolic of God. In Matthew's parables, they're all allegories. Every character and everything is symbolic of someone. The landowner is, is God. What do we learn about God? We learn, first of all, that God is gracious in two very important ways. The first one would be easy to miss. It says that the landowner, God, repeatedly goes in to the marketplace and finds those who are idle and asks them to come and work in the vineyard. Now, there's nothing there about the landowner being motivated by his own need to bring in workers to maximize his profit, to make sure that all the crop gets harvested, and so on and so on. It seems to have everything to do with the need of the person who's idle to work and have a different situation. That seems to be what's driving the landowner. Find people who are idle, invite them to the vineyard to work. Interesting, isn't it? The need of the worker to work, those who are idle. Now, this is about more than simply someone who doesn't have a job. This is a parable. 
And this is a gracious act on the part of our God to take those of us who may be idle in our lives and help us put our lives in gear. Think of a car that's idling. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? It's supposed to be in gear to go somewhere. Same with your life. So again, not about unemployment necessarily, can be part of that. A person can be idle morally, spiritually, creatively, vocationally. A person's life can feel meaningless. You can feel as though you're going nowhere. Part of God's grace in this parable is that he invites us to work in the vineyard and find purpose and meaning to put our lives in gear and be who we were supposed to be, to engage. Are you engaged? It is indeed one of our greatest uh, needs in life for all of us that we have purpose. And uh, we're all invited to God's vineyard to be workers, to be a part of God's movement. And uh, we have a little slice of that here at Mount Olivet where we're all finding or trying to find our place in the movement to be fully engaged and about God's work. And by the way, we need it big time. There is grace in just being allowed and invited to work. Secondly, there is grace on God's part in that he pays everyone one denarius. Everyone. Even those who barely worked And undoubtedly, some of them work better than others, but they all got the same thing. One full, fair wage for the day. Now, this is generous, no? In economic terms, a denarius is life. It's a livable wage. You can live on that. More symbolically, A denarius is the gift of life that comes only from God, the one who made life, who created life, who is the author of life, and it is abundant, it is overflowing, it is eternal, and it is given in equal measure to all, regardless of their contribution or when they hopped on board. This is grace. This is the heart of God. Make sense? Denarius is the gift of life. Okay, we're going we're gonna to end uh, this with just uh, looking at the reactions and what... Oh, by the way, how would you feel if you were the ones who uh, were at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and you got to go work in the vineyard and you got one whole denarius, a whole day's wage? How would you feel? Pretty good. Would you give it back and say, I'm not worthy? You know, like Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. (laughs) I'm not worthy. You may feel that way, but you'd be pretty happy, right? Say, how would you feel if you were the ones who started at, you know, 7 a.m. and got the same wage as those guys? How would you feel? Would you feel a little irked? Yeah, I would. We understand the grumblers, right? That's kind of the way... Hey, I worked harder than they... Okay. We see ourselves in that. Now let's zero in on on their response a little bit. How do you... I know, some of them squeal just like that. They they absolutely... That's just right on the the money. Um, Those who... The five o'clock workers who got that, 
clearly, it doesn't say what their response was, but they clearly understood, this is sheer grace. I didn't earn this. They knew that, right? They got it. The ones who started at 7 a.m. or whenever, for them, here's, here's the kicker. For them, too, the denarius was sheer grace. But they didn't think so. They were under the illusion that they had earned it and deserved it. They had not the framework of grace. They only understood, according to this parable, that their lives were based on achievement, negotiation, cutting a deal, making a bargain, even with God. And what they failed to realize, go back to the first expression of grace, the fact that they were even invited into the vineyard to work is an act of pure grace in itself. It wasn't their effort that earned the denarius. The first part was grace, and so was the denarius. A livable wage, this is what you need, God's love overflowing in your life. Don't think for a minute, oh, I deserve that. What's in it for me? I've accomplished this, I've accomplished that. This is a way to approach life, is to use phrases like that. Through the eyes of faith, we can see that to be engaged, for our lives to be in gear, to work, to receive what we need, is pure grace, and all we can say is thank you, God. Of course we're talking about abundant life, eternal life, uh, salvation, yes, but it goes further than that. It's how we see life itself. Think of the things that you value in this world. Can you name any of them? Just things that you value. Things that are good about your life. Family. Kids. Um, important close relationships. Pure grace. What a gift that God has given you. The gifts that you have, the things that you're good at, you might think, yeah, this is what I'm good at. Where do you think you got those gifts? Your maker? Pure and we might say, well, sure, God gave me the gifts, but I developed them because I have discipline and perseverance and so on. Well, how do you think you're able to pull that off, discipline and perseverance and goal setting? That too is a gift. Pure grace. It's possible to live life in a state of perpetual thankfulness for the grace that comes your way from your gracious God. I think that's what this tells us. Is God too generous? No question about it, and I, for one, am glad. Amen. Let's stand and sing.